You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple Film. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast, except when the movie comes out direct to DVD. Matt, this week we are starting another animated Batman run because it was so much fun the first time. What are we watching for our Halloween hangover? Yeah, you know, it's Halloween season still it's we're recording this the day after halloween so we're still kind of watching some of the spooky stuff because it's still in the mood and batman has crossed over with dracula here the one of the greatest literary villains of all time so we've got the batman versus dracula from 2005. here's our trailer that isn't actually a trailer So the folk tales are true. There is another bat in Gotham. Count Dracula, I presume. A legend you are apparently intimate with. Don't flatter yourself. We cast kindred shadows. Have you not seen the news? I don't harm people. You have no concept of the harm of which I am capable. If only because I really hate to waste a life when it can be spent in servitude to me. Life or living death? To become vampire is to heighten all of one's senses, to attain speed, strength, and immortality. garlic uh it's really weird they just take a scene that actually wasn't in the movie but kind of was in the movie and made it a trailer and i think that had to do with because this is directed to dvd and it was also attached to the batman begins movie yeah and it was a cartoon network tsunami premiere as well so it, it isn't this isn't a theatrical film you know we talked about or I was supposed to talk about, and then I moved, uh, <laughs> the Batman Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero, and those sort of have like this, the cinematic qualities. Now we are, these are the kind of direct-to-video Batman stories. Uh, this is one of the first ones, though. Uh, and I do, I do want to point out, this did actually come out on a VHS, but it is extremely hard to find because it was at the tail end of VHSs, and... It just it probably had such a limited run because nobody was even carrying them anymore at the time. So they're extremely hard to find. But for all intents and purposes, we'll talk about it as a direct to DVD movie because that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I would say this history of violence, those type of VHSs are very difficult to find. Yeah, and it's it's not even worth trying to hunt them down or whatever because they're yeah they're so rare but yeah this was part of this was probably one of the first five or six batman movies batman animated movies now there have been probably 
50 to 100 of them, but uh, this was still pretty early on in the Batman animated movies thing. And I think this happened because Batman Begins was coming out at the same time. I think this was right after Batman Beyond, right? 2001. I think that was when that movie came out. I think we also had a Batman and Catwoman one, or maybe it was Batwoman. I can't remember. Yeah, it was uh, Mystery Mystery of the Batwoman, uh, which we will be covering soon. <laughs> um, that that was one of the other ones. So it was basically just. I think this is the fifth. That this would be the fifth animated yeah. movie. Yeah, and this one, you know, the original producers, writers, and everything of the Batman animated series really pushed hard to create a gigantic final ending of the Batman animated series. And, you know, the people who were in charge of the money didn't want to do it. They didn't think it would work and they wanted to spend a lot less, get something out and uh, tie it to the Batman Begins. And this was a story that they had in the back burner that no one really knew what to do with. There had been Batman and Dracula or Batman and Vampire comics, but no one was clamoring for this. So this was definitely an odd one because I remember when it came out, I was in college and, you know, my kind of head tilted like, eh, okay. I didn't watch it back then, though. This is the first time I ever watched it, but I had known about it for years and I just kept avoiding it. I also missed this one when it first came out because, yeah, it was who was who was kind of clamoring for this. I mean, it wasn't until. You know, it didn't have the excitement that Mask of the Phantasm had or Sub-Zero had. And then it wasn't until Gotham Knight that like, which was probably the next one of these, uh, that the animated movies kind of were started to take in more seriously. And, you know, gen- genuine excitement was around them. So this was kind of in that dead center where, you know, who is asking for this? What audience is this for? I didn't really like the Batman, the the animated series also that this is based on or tied in with. Um, I, I was I didn't even really like Batman Beyond all that much. I was a animated series through and through guy and Batman Beyond was OK for me. And then the Batman I, I didn't really like. So, you know, this was all kind of part of that. And I, I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it until I started kind of going hard on the Batman animated movies around the time where we covered them last and now i i had since seen it then and then i this was now my second time watching it for the podcast uh here and um yeah i could see why i kind of skipped it in 2005 yeah this was always the middle child batman to me to me it doesn't make this you know my opinion here it was after the animated series it was after batman beyond I think because I believe this came out in like maybe 2004, the original like run ran for a couple seasons. I remember, you know, when I was in college, people talking about it. But then I saw the the design of Batman with the whole claws and everything and how they were going back to like a campy look, but a serious like a storytelling of it. I don't know. There's just something I looked at this. I'm like, I'm not into it. Batman Beyond stretched it a little bit too far for me in the stylized. I never really liked the character that much. I think I mentioned it when we did the Batman Beyond movie. I think the problem was Batman, the animated series, was too damn strong. And that's the thing. You've got, you've got this being serious, but it doesn't have like sort of the emotional weight 
that the animated series does. And I'm talking about the Batman, the, the series. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't have the weight that that one does. And yeah, I mean, once you've had that, anything else you're going to do after that is obviously not going to live up to how exciting and how great that that series was. You know, this is the movie, I guess, version of it. This is our, our movie adaptation of the Batman. And I definitely think I have more favorable things to say about this movie than I do the show. Listen, I wasn't an expert on it. I only saw a few episodes, but I thought Robin was pretty important in the, you know, the Batman series that we're talking about, right? That ran for what I can see as 65 episodes, which is pretty good for an animated series, especially during the early 2000s when everything was being canceled immediately for some reason. Okay, so they get rid of Robin. I see the stylized look of them. It's hard for my mind to bend right now at this point time, you know, in 19 in 2004, because I have such an iconic look of the Batman series from the early to mid 90s and the movies that came out. And I think a lot of people from our generation, your generation, have a hard time breaking away from it because it was so damn good. And I bet a lot of people from the other generations a little bit farther up are annoyed at us. What do you think? Probably because I think there's a generation that grew up with Batman Beyond and really holds that to a reverence that like I don't, but I, I was older when Batman Beyond came out. I wasn't as interested in like that kind of a story. I was more at that point, you know, when Batman Beyond came out, more interested in the movies, the, you know, the Batman movies. I wasn't so much into like a new cartoon. I had loved my my 90s ones, the animated series. But I do, I think there are kids that hold that to reverence. I think that, you know, some of the other kids that maybe grew up, I don't know so much about the Batman, but maybe like Brave and the Bold or one of the other kind of Batman shows, you know, they grew up with that. They grew up with Teen Titans. You know, they love that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's great. It just means that each of our generations have had good Batman stories told. And that's fine by me as a, as a super huge Batman fan. That's fine by me. But yeah, I think to then an extent, we sound kind of annoying when we're like, well, the animated series was the best because, you know, if a kid grew up with Batman Beyond and loved it, they're going to be like, come on, grandpa, you know, <laughs> get with the times or whatever. And, and none of them are wrong. You know, if Bat, as long as Batman is in the pop culture, all is right with the world. Yeah. And I really did try to separate myself while watching this. I'm like, OK, you know, accept a new stylized version, accept a new Batman, new new voices, all that stuff. And so I tried at the beginning. Uh, you know, we see a very long introduction of the credits. Uh, at first, I, I thought the title sequence is great. The Batman versus Dracula and this like old, like 50s camp comic style. I love that. But then they played the names of everyone who did everything for like four or five minutes. That feels like 20. Did you notice that? I'm wondering if it because they had that TV deal, they kind of had to fill it to that 80 something minute mark. Because usually these animated direct to video ones are about 70 75 yeah. minutes and yeah, yeah this one pushed it to 83 and i'm i bet it's to fill that tv runtime because they had a tsunami deal where they showed it like right when the blu-ray or the, when the mm -hmm. dvd came out i am not a fan of batman with claws i have never been in all the years of reading batman comic books watching these movies and this movie I don't know if the series made this predominant, but this movie definitely did. They put it on the cover and they make it very apparent that Batman has claws. I've never liked it. Yeah, it's not my favorite look, but I'm not necessarily either like super put off by either. I'm more of a classic 
you know, I'm Michael Keaton was my Batman. He, he yeah. didn't have claws. So, <laughs> you know, I'm more classic, but um, I'm not, I, I'm not really bothered by it though, either. Like this design, I think I had more problems with like the Batman beyond design than I do this one. <laughs> fine. If you're going to have claws, that's fine. And, you know, I tried not to make it something that affected my judgment on the film. It really didn't, but could he at least use the claws? Yeah, because he does not at all in this movie. Yeah, and I feel like his armor, he wasn't even wearing armor. It was like cloth. And I never remember, I always remember the series and even Batman Beyond, even though it was skin tight and everything, it seemed to have some type of armor, even though it didn't look like it. This one, it just felt like he kept ripping his costume over and over. And I'm like, so is this protect him at all? That's what was confusing me about this. Yeah, you would see in like the animated series and stuff, the bullets bounce off of him and stuff yeah. like that. And then, yeah, in this one, his clothes can be like torn off. Yeah, maybe again, maybe if I watch the show a little bit more, they may have explained sort of what the suit is and what it does. But yeah, having only maybe seen a couple episodes of the Batman and then jumping into this movie, they just don't address it at all. No. And then, OK, so I don't have a problem with the short bat horns. I know some people hate the short compared to the long. That never got to me. I've heard a lot of people have opinions about the short horns, the, the, the long horns. I like the long horns, but I don't mind the short horns at all. And honestly, I for, I forget that he has like short, like little horns on his Batman thing. I don't even know if they're called horns. I guess it would be ears, but they look like horns to me in all my years of watching and reading Batman. Yeah, I like I'm, I would take the I would take the short over the long, not like long, like again, like Michael Keaton or the animated series, but like uh, like the Legends of the Dark Knight comic series from the mm-hmm. 90s or whatever, where they're like super long. I think those look. Yeah, good. those are. Absurd. I'd rather go yeah. short than long. <laughs> and I'd rather have a nice balance mix because the really long ones that are stupid, I hate. I never get it because it just looks like it would be obnoxious walking underneath something. Well, yeah, it just doesn't even seem like tactically practical at yeah. all either. Like, no. it's, <laughs> how would he get around? So, like, I would definitely, yeah, take these short ones. And to me, like, the short ones, like in this uh, movie here, they look like action figure kind of ones. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Having had, like, the entire <laughs> series of all the Batman toys that I could get my hands on, um, I, I'm good with the fact that he kind of looks like an action figure here in the helmet or headgear or whatever. Yeah, just to be positive for anyone who's a, a you know a fan of this series that ran, I really liked the penguin's design. I really liked his concept art that you know came with it that I looked up. I like the penguin a lot in this. I think it is the perfect penguin in my mind. Short little stylized guy who's over the top and he's constantly trying to keep up with the Joker. It feels kind of like a, a Teen Titans kind of a penguin here, uh, and, I, and I like it. I I think I'm more preferential to the animated series Penguin, but like I like this one here. I feel like my hot take for this is that I like the Joker design here. I feel like a lot of people did not like sort of Rasta Joker or whatever he was called um, when this came out. I like it. I don't have a I obviously prefer the old school the mark hamill that's my joker but for something different i like it i'm gonna remove the mark hamill joker because it's iconic all right and i was trying to do this 
subjectively while watching the film. I don't know if that's the proper way to put it, but while watching the film, I was like, okay, do not compare it to Mark Hamill. It's not fair. This is what I came with. Or this is what I came out with trying to be fair. I did not like the Joker design, but I really loved the Joker vampire design. And I'm wondering if that's where it started and they just had to make him a Joker because that vampire design of him where he's all black and white and nasty looking is awesome. I love it when he's covered in blood and he's got the blood soaked all over him when he's in the blood bank. I love that vampire Joker. Not a big fan of the the other Joker. I got to give the movie props like what a what a genius really idea like if you're going to have dracula be your main antagonist dracula has to turn the joker right like he has yeah. to and I, yeah. I love i love that the movie went there i yeah and i like the look of him too i think he looks cool but i was really appreciative that like it was just like cool to have that happen it's like what if joker was a vampire you get it here and it and it, it pays off i think i think it looks cool and i think it like fits the story really well and I also think it fits Batman that he actually saves the Joker from being a vampire. Yeah, he would. He totally would. But of course I love would. the yeah. fact that he is the guinea pig, though. <laughs> like, it is, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to save him. I'm going to make the antidote or whatever. But it, but he is testing it on him. And it's like, yeah, the Joker is the one you want to do that with. Because if for some reason there is kind of a mistake or something goes wrong, eh, no great loss with the yeah, Joker. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> the Joker dies. Eh, whatever. Now, at the beginning, so when they set this all up and there's a random guy telling the penguin uh, about the loot that he knows in the cemetery, I honestly thought that person was going to be Igor. They kind of make Joker that a little bit. No, no, no. They, they is... make Penguin. Penguin's Igor. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the way Joker kind of is eating the bugs and stuff like that made me. Oh, think. yes. He becomes like. The eating so the, of the turned bugs. version yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but like his familiar is totally penguin. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because the penguin never becomes an Igor type, even though he's doing Igor's job. I love the turn when he's like, uh, I'm a cowpot. We don't serve anybody. And then it's fucking Dracula. <laughs> and he's like, what can I get you? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was. It was funny. That's why I'm saying like the penguin to me was the best one when it comes to the blend. Uh, we can disagree because. It's just an interesting take. Now, as much as I love Peter Stormare as the the voice of this, and as much as I actually liked Dracula as kind of like on his own, for some reason when I mixed Dracula with Batman, I wasn't feeling the tension. There was certain parts of this I liked, but there's a lot of parts where I was kind of checking the clock a little and I felt bad. But I have to be honest, I was checking the clock during this. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have that as much. Uh, and I really, 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 really like Peter Stormare in this. I think you, he should be cast as a voice of Dracula for like anything. <laughs> Doesn't even have to be Batman related because uh, he seems like he is a vampire in real life. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think he'd disagree with you. So, <laughs> yeah, he's so good. God, I'm such a I'm such a Peter Stormare fan. I'm such a big fan. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's great in this. Yeah, I didn't have the problems with the checking of the clock. To me, this was just like a breezy, easy watch. But like, not my favorite or anything. You know, like it's kind of neutral ground when it comes to that. But like, this is what it is. Take it as it is. And like, I didn't need to go deeper. I didn't need to think about it or anything like that. 
as like a surface kind of just cartoon movie, it was fine. (laughs) That's how I felt about it. I I like the Vicky Vale. I just wish she'd do more at the end. Uh, But, you know, whatever. I get it. It was it was a Batman and Dracula film. Uh, I was surprised that there was no Batgirl. There was no Robin. There was nothing like that in this. It was just Batman versus Dracula with a little bit of help from Alfred. Uh, I did like Alfred in this. I like how he was also kind of a dick to other servers. I just enjoyed that as someone yeah, who was a server themselves. <laughs> chasing, chasing them down and being like, uh, you're walking, you're walking, <laughs> make your way around the room. <laughs> circulate, yeah. circulate. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I, I liked Alfred in this a lot. He felt like kind of a combination of all the Alfreds we've had yeah. before. <laughs> a little bit of a, all of them. Uh, yeah, I liked him in that. And I, I liked the fact that there wasn't a Robin or Batgirl or even Commissioner Gordon, you know, like I like the fact that it was like, this is a Batman exclusive adventure. I don't want that all the time. I don't like, it's not like I'm, I'm anti, you know, Robin or anything like that, but it's nice for every once in a while for one of these movies to come out to have it just be like singularly Batman. And Mm -hmm. that so I had fun with that. I I liked that we just had to focus on him and didn't have any of the other sidekicks. And it was also fun to have Vicki Vale back because I hadn't seen her in anything since the Tim Burton movie. It kind of felt like, I'm not going to say year one Batman, but it it felt like an early Batman because you had Vicki Vale, you had no Robin, it was just him and Alfred. He was and Alfred was like, you got to find got to find a partner. You got to find a wife. It seemed like he was really pushing that. And I was like, this feels more like an early Batman. And I don't know if they did that on purpose and just didn't write any dialogue to describe that or anything in the story. But I enjoyed that aspect of it in a way. I was just surprised that there was no Robin or anything because Robin was so popular in a lot of these and even like Batman Beyond, I think he was uh, he already transitioned, right? He was no longer yeah, Robin. Nightwing. Yeah. He was Nightwing. So I was just surprised. Uh, and that's that's fine. Throw me a curveball. I, I like the Lost Ones. I like the plan of Dracula. I'm not a big fan of him raising his original bride. I don't really need that. But I feel like that was just put in there to get Vicky Vale into the story. And it's kind of classic Dracula, right? Like when he sees, you know, the painting in it, it's in every one of those Dracula movies where he sees the painting and he remembers his old life partner back when he was alive, you know, like that's, that's classic Dracula. And like, of course it would be Vicky. Of course the, the young hot thing that Batman was chasing around would of course look like this Victorian age beauty. Um, uh, Yeah, I was totally fine with that. And I, I, I liked sort of like you were talking about that it was younger Batman. I I got that kind of from like when they would show him without the mask and interacting with Alfred, that it was somewhere in between sort of year one Batman and like the rest of all the other Batmans. It felt like it kind of sat somewhere in that center region that doesn't get talked about as much. So that was kind of cool to explore. Yeah. And then when they were going through and, you know, he's capturing uh, Dracula and everything and going to fight. And he's he's using some type of technology to defeat Dracula. Spoilers. It's the sun. Uh, they use a lot of garlic stuff. And of course, Batman comes up with a solution that cures vampirism, which cracked me up. Like, of course, 
Bruce Wayne did that. And then he actually kills Dracula. That's a big spoiler. And they don't seem to set up like Dracula is going to live. Now, there was a skull of Dracula left behind. So I guess if you drip blood on that, maybe he can come back because they kind of set up that Dracula can't be killed in this. Yeah, I would assume what you're saying is correct. Like if they were to bury him or whatever, if blood got on the skull, it would bring him back. But I think Batman is able to break kind of his code and kill Dracula because he was already dead. And he's a supernatural threat and he won't be stopped unless this has happened. So like, I think that's why he does it. Then he sunblasts him after trying the antidote also too he tries to get him cured or whatever but because he's so ingrained in sort of the ancient vampirism uh he cannot be changed back and so he nukes him (laughs) he turns him into dust and it's uh it's pretty cool i i really like that final sort of showdown because there's a lot of weird trippy stuff that they're doing in the animation anytime anytime this movie does it and it happens a couple times, like sort of when like Dracula is hypnotizing Bruce Wayne and or Batman or whatever, the trippy kind of like Batman falling into himself kind of animation or like Dracula's big red floating head kind of stuff. I loved all of that. I thought those visuals were so cool. Yeah, and it's it's kind of fun to see Batman and anything with to do with vampires and everything. Throughout the years, there's always been kind of like something writing that line because, you know, he's dressed as a bat at night and he's stalking kind of like a vampire in a way, except instead of drinking their blood, he throws them in jail no matter how bad they are. I'm not a big fan of Batman mixed with vampires. I'd rather have my Batman mixed with, you know, like Predator when they were doing that crossover. But this one's okay. The problem is I don't ever feel like I'm going to rewatch this. And I think that says a lot about it because I'm like, this is never going to be one that I'm going to choose to watch. I'm a little more positive where like, I don't think it's a banger for sure. It's not, you know, like the surprise that like uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was like an absolute fucking blast. I don't think that this one's like a super banger, but I'm a little more positive in that. I definitely think I will watch this again. I just think it's like fun. It's like fine. (laughs) <laughs> if you ever if you ever had a watch party, I don't think this is the type of one that you'd be putting in the lineup. Yeah, it's just there. Like if I want to watch it, I'd watch it. And if I ever played it at a party, it would totally be in the spot to like talk over it because there's cool visual stuff. That's true. And like, yeah, I think that, you know, that could be fun. But yeah, having it just be like background noise. That would be how I'd play this uh, unless I was watching it for myself. But the one thing that would be lost if I were to do that, that I loved in this movie, the score. I thought that this like rock and roll metal score that they kind of had over it as repetitive as it got, which I didn't like, was sounded so awesome, though. I loved this score. Yeah, that was a the problem. They went back to the the well too much because it started out great. And I do love the end. Like if you just watch the end by itself with the score, it's it's awesome. I, I feel like animated movies when they're trying to like save some money, do this a lot, though. They, they they use a lot of the same score over and over or a lot of the same type because they just don't have the money for it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure this was a 12 minute track that they put over an 83 minute movie. You know, like it yeah. definitely repeats a bunch of times. It's cool, though. <laughs> but so I say if you just watch the ending when Batman and Dracula fight and everything, the score is awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this this movie, honestly, if, if whether you watch just the end or if you cut it down to like a 22 minute episode, holy shit, this would be like a total banger. Then <laughs> that's the thing is that you cut this down and you and you got a banger. Uh, when you extend it this much, I, I just feel like people are just kind of kind of like going to forget this because it's also not the traditional Batman villain. So you've got to make her memorable enough to stick with them to watch it on special occasions. But you certainly can't make it too long. And maybe you're right. Maybe the Cartoon Network tsunami time that they had to fit was actually it hurt it. Yeah, honestly, like I said, a 22 minute version would be like like maybe the optimum. But I would also like to see maybe, yeah, like a 60 minute version of this or maybe like a 45 minute. Yeah, just cut a, a little just a little bit out of it. And I think it would flow a lot faster and yeah, like the the score would be more impactful, and some of those crazy like you get you get more closer to those crazy like visual stuff uh, that Dracula is doing. That I think yeah, I think just with a slight trim, you could really have something really really cool here. Do you recommend Batman versus Dracula? I definitely do. I mean, if you like these kind of things, like if you're obviously if you're listening to this episode, you're into the Batman animated stuff. If you are into this, I think it's a good one. I don't think it's a great one. I don't think it's like super groundbreaking or super memorable, but you can there's so much worse ways to spend 83 minutes like in terms of animations and adaptations and direct to video sequels and things like that. This was pretty good. I think it's it's pretty good. I would watch it again. Uh, it's not one of my favorites. I don't own it, but I like it. If you need a Halloween fix and a Batman fix, this is perfect. If you've got all of the Batman animated series, Batman animated movies at your fingertips, I don't recommend it. There's much better. Uh, this one has to be kind of like, in my opinion, the perfect storm of like it's Halloween. It's it's fall. And you want a Batman film. It's fine. It's not going to piss you off. But I don't think it's going to be anything memorable that you're going to like tell your friends about. It's just there. It probably won't be rewatched. And I'm not trying to be mean to the creators. It just is what it is. You know, it's it's never going to be Batman Mask of the Phantasm. But I'm sure there's worse. There's got to be worse, right? There's definitely worse. Some of the ones for like the little kids, like there's Monsters Unlimited and some of the Lego direct-to-video ones that are Batman related. Those are pretty trash. So like there are worse. (laughs) This is pretty good in terms of the, the the Batman franchise. Yeah, but you can see potential in this one. I think that's what's promising. Yeah, somebody needs to cut cut me an hour version of this or a forty five minute version of this, and I will I will watch that all the time. (laughs) All right, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out like Indy and bring something back. It is another wing of our Batman animated series, which is so much fun to go through these because you get so many different stories. But Matt, I'll let you go first. What you putting in? You know, I told you I love the score. I love the visual stuff. But I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, Ace is casting Peter Stormare as Dracula. So I'm going to put his Dracula in the wing representing this movie because uh, I think he should be cast as that character more. 
whether it's in the Batman verse or not. <laughs> yeah, I'll put the penguin in. I mentioned at the beginning. I just really like this penguin. I like a lot of penguins, uh, but I, I think this one works really well in this world. How he's always trying to kind of keep up with the Joker, how he's kind of arrogant, even though he gets put up against someone like Dracula and immediately bends because Dracula does his whole eye thing and, you know, turns him into his, his little servant. I liked Penguin in this. He he was really entertaining to me. I liked him a lot, too, though. I did. As much as I say I kind of prefer my animated series one, I did really like this Penguin, and I thought he was pretty funny in this, too. Yeah, he, he just seems like he kind of knew what film he was in, even though he yep. didn't know what film he was in. <laughs> if, if an animated character could have thoughts like that, yes, he knew what he was doing, and he was playing, and it was fun to watch. Yeah, and I love how at the very end, he's just like, man, I'm going to get you. And then he finds all the gold and he's like, oh, and then he gets caught. And I'm, I cracked up. I cracked yeah. up when he got caught. I just loved it. It was perfect. He only cares about the gold. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he forgets about Dracula, he's like, who? Oh, gold. <laughs> <laughs> ah, perfect. I did love that ending. OK, so let's go on to what we've been watching. Uh, I'll start first. I completed the Elvira book really good. Uh, I will be honest. I found the best part of the book was probably the first like 60% because it was her background story of growing up and how many adventures she's been through and her life and crazy stuff and everything. Once we got to the Elvira part, it was fun, but it wasn't as adventurous. I didn't find myself like being captured by it as much, even though it was good. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just like her life before becoming Elvira. What a life. I highly recommend that even past like whorehounds, just people who are into like fun stories of people who went through a lot in the 60s and 70s and 80s. A, a great book. Highly recommend. Yeah. Isn't it always sort of the case when you kind of have like, uh, iconic or legendary character. The most interesting stuff is how they got there. Not the, not the, you know, not their reign, not while they were sitting on top of the world. You want to know what led to that. So I could see that being the case in the book. I, I haven't read it, but I could see that definitely being the case. Yeah. It's her journey. Not so much the destination. That's really fun to listen to. All right. You've got something. I don't have anything really new to report and I don't have a, uh, I didn't find anything over Halloween. There's no rules here, Matt. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but uh, I, I'm going to pick out some super classics here. It's funny if you're like leading. So we're talking Halloween hangover and it, it, leading to Halloween, like the day before Halloween, watched Beetlejuice, which I have said is like my favorite movie, period. Mm -hmm. And then uh, yesterday on Halloween, watched what I consider my kind of second favorite movie and maybe favorite horror traditional horror movie in in the mouth of madness so watch that yesterday so today i'm going to treat myself to the third favorite movie and the my favorite movie that i told everybody was my favorite movie when i was like a teenager uh and that's evil dead so i'm kind of doing like my three favorite movies for this halloween season so it has been uh very fun to go back you can listen to us talk for a long time about beetlejuice and how perfect it is in that episode I think that was last year, right? I think so. Or yeah. 
two years guys we've been doing this for fucking ever <laughs> two years ago or last year <laughs> um but yeah it was it was fun to go back and revisit some favorites for halloween and i'm looking forward to watching evil dead uh tonight and kind of completing my big three now i hit my evil dead too always happy to do that uh i watched that over evil dead more for just time sake because having a kid's a little bit harder you know, Evil Dead 2 is more my personality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then one thing I finally snuck in and actually I, I went through it because I was fascinated by it was Squid Game. Uh, Squid Games. I don't know if it's Squid Game or Squid Games. Either way, you know, it's funny. I've heard a lot of people, including Chris, who guest starred here. You know, it, it's it is depressing. But at the same time, it became so over the top depressing. It was no longer depressing to me. And I, I know that might sound weird, but I finally got to the point. I'm like, well, this is all just like fantasy. It's absurd. So I'm just, you know, going to watch this. And it's a really fascinating binge watch because they throw some curveballs at you. And and a couple of them I did not see coming. Uh, a couple of them I'm like, yeah, I've seen this before. Uh, and there is, you know, one subplot that I could care less about. I'm sure we'll talk about that if you ever watch it. But as a whole, I'm impressed with how absurd it is, but yet how captivating it is. Yeah, I have not gotten to that one and I don't I don't know if I'm going to. You know, it's just one of those where it's like, I don't, is this but everybody's watching it, so it's like, am I going to just kind of go and do it? Um and I, I really consistently, like you are saying, I keep hearing good things. People seem to really like it. Well, here's what my thought process was. Through the first two episodes, I text a friend. I go, Jesus Christ, is it always this fucking depressing? Even though it's fascinating at the same time and interesting. And he goes, yeah, you got to kind of go through that. But it, you know, it's worth it at the end. And I get it. But I'm going to be honest, around the fourth episode, my brain kind of just switched into their world where I no longer felt it was. It's just so over the top. I'm like, none of this can happen. So it's no longer depressing to me because none of it's real. But at the same time, I'm really captivated by the characters. I'm really invested in them. So it's weird. And I think that. I don't know if that's what gets most people through it, but that's what got me through it. Because I was like, at a certain point, I'm like, yeah, no, this is real anyway. Who gives a shit? Uh, it, it, everything that happens in it is going to be crazy because the series is crazy. One of the things uh, Korean storytellers do so well is sort of like, yeah, like pushing it. Like you think of like the comedy in some of their like horror movies and things like that. And then like the, the drama that's just so over the top that it's not even like, you know, like uh, relatable anymore, you know, like they do that so well in their uh, storytelling where extremes, basically they, and extremes in a way where it's palatable and not just like extreme for extreme sake. And uh, another TV series I started, I watched the first two episodes of the Chucky series and I'm here for it so far. Yeah, I am watching that as well. Um, I think I watched the third one. Oh, you're ahead of me. Yep. Ahead of you now. And I really like it. I, I, yeah. I really, really, really like it. I think it's good. I It's more Chucky. 
and it's more my yeah. Chucky, you know, it's still, it's still just fucking Chucky, you know? <laughs> and I, and I love that. One of those series, one of the things that that film series got so right was like, Chucky works, don't change him. And then, and then and he's still the same Chucky in this show. And it's great. It's great to watch him uh, play in a 2021 environment. Yeah. Th- my biggest worry was it just wasn't going to be Chucky. It was going to be something because I know like I don't really understand what it is because I got it and I see there's like a USA version. There's a sci fi version. I don't understand that on my Paramount Plus that I got for free. I'm very confused. So whatever. Uh, I picked two of the episodes. I watched it. I assume they're the same. I hope so. I'm very confused by that. If, if anyone wants to fill me in on the comments, you know, educate this idiot it's the same it's just it's just like a show that's running concurrently on both networks that's all it's the that's same so show. weird i've never you know i don't see that i don't ever see that yeah no i think they were just like that confident in the show that they were like fuck it we're gonna run it on sci-fi and usa yeah but so far highly recommend i'm only two episodes in and i can tell you is this a spoiler because i'll cut it it's coming off the last film. Oh, that's not a spoiler. I think it's advertised. Okay, I, I just want to make sure that it's not a spoiler. It's it's all coming off the last film, and it's kind of fun to see the characters. I'm only two episodes in, so I don't know all the characters that are introduced, but I, I can tell you there are characters from the past introduced. That's all I'm saying. And I think, I think we're building, you know, we're learning these characters, and I think we're building to second half of the series, sort of just all of them on top of each other. And I cannot wait for this fast and furious get together of everyone from the Chucky franchise. (laughs) And I will tell you the main kid who's playing it, you know, having Devin Sawa as your Uh, Sawa, Devin Sawa as your uh, dad, who is also playing his uncle as well. (laughs) It's it's pretty interesting because when I first saw that scene, when it had both of them on the same time, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Devin Sawa is here playing twins and I'm for it because that just means I get more Devin Sawa. <laughs> it should be really interesting to see how this plays out because so far, so good. I like it. I'm with you. I like it a lot. That will end it this week. Thanks for listening to our review on Batman versus Dracula. And we'll be back for another Batman animated movie. So remember to be kind. And rewind.